This is the Tomato Tomato Podcast. We are now certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, 100%, as voted by you, the loyal listeners, the podcast uh, universe. So thank you. I have my uh, certified fresh award on my shelf right now. It's next to my bowling and uh, Little League trophies. So thank you, loyal listeners. And your pie-eating contest. And my pie-eating contest. <laughs> uh, this is a movie podcast, and we talk about the way that movies are reviewed. I am your co-host, Chris, and with me is... Your other co-host, Jenna. And I have a feeling that Chris wants to talk about the whole Certified Fresh thing, considering the fact that you just kind of, like, read <laughs> with that. So usually, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. Usually what we'll do is we talk about one movie and talk about some reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, but occasionally we'll do a special episode where we talk about news and other topics from the movie world. Yes. And we have some things to say. Yeah, it's mainly like there's a lot to cover and we also don't necessarily have like two hours to spare to watch something. But there is really a lot to cover. There is. Yeah. But yeah, so... I I don't know. I mean, I've seen you like on our Twitter and stuff kind of talking about the whole certified fresh and the whole like the ratings that recent kind of blockbusters have gotten and stuff. So why don't you kind of like lead with that? So it's been a trend that I'm noticing more and more to the point where it's not even a trend anymore. It's just kind of normalized uh, where TV spots for new, like you said, blockbusters will have their tomato meter score mentioned or at least it's now fresh on rotten tomatoes Mm -hmm. and this is something i feared (laughs) i i don't like it because for one it feeds into the legitimacy of rotten tomatoes tomato meter Which I know. Do, listeners out. do not need to point out the irony of this podcast well, being. No, but like we've pointed out, and especially in the past couple of like full episodes that we've done, we've pointed out how overwhelmingly white and overwhelmingly male, and how weird the tomato meter and the people that are allowed to contribute to the tomato meter kind of have become. Like it's not necessarily a representation of what the entire online film community is thinking of a movie. It's this weird subset that yeah. is chosen by Rotten Tomatoes. There's, I don't, I don't want to say it's intentional or unintentional, but there is gatekeeping. Yeah. In the the uh, review world, as far as Rotten Tomatoes goes, and who they say is a top well, critic well, or not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that kind of gives you a narrow view of kind of excuse the tomato meter. <laughs> and now TV spots, like I just saw yesterday, The Quiet Place and Ready Player One have stuff in their promotions mentioning Rotten Tomatoes. Well, okay. And well. I just I just don't know it, how much stock people put into that in their decision to go see the movie. Uh is it the studio trying to sway people into seeing it because of it? Or do people legitimately use Rotten Tomatoes 
as a way to determine if they're going to see a movie. Well, so, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate with both of those movies that you mentioned because I feel like to an extent there's a good reason for them to include that. So A Quiet Place is still not out for a couple more weeks. It only has screened at South by Southwest. And when it did, the, that pool of critics that were at it then have been the people that have contributed to the Rotten Tomatoes rating and it, it was a hundred percent when the rating debuted which like horror is such a mixed bag it's like if you have a new horror movie coming out people kind of have no idea up until right before the movie comes out and like more people have actually seen it and are talking about it if it's good or if it's absolutely horrible and so I think with horror at, at least from like a general audience perspective, I think that the selling point of like, oh, this is a genuinely good horror movie does kind of, is kind of effective in that case. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, like, I, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily, there are certain horror movies like that I have had an interest in that I've like seen when they get to the home release because I'm a weenie and I won't go see the theater. But like it was because there was the positive kind of buzz around it, not necessarily solely from Rotten Tomatoes, but it was also something that they kind of facilitated because they do. But and then like Ready Player One is fascinating to me. I'm so glad this movie is going to be out this week and just, just so we can be done with the discourse of it all. Had, it, it has felt like it was going to come out for like weeks now. Like I, I felt like it, but I also feel like it's been out for weeks now already. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like I, I kept thinking that the release date was like the week that everyone was talking about it, but no, it was like just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. But like, the way that their marketing has shifted has been really fascinating to me because now all the TV spots are like Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. Yeah. Like they need that level of like validity with it. Yeah, because the first trailers for the movie definitely didn't lead with that. No, not at all. Because I think they kind of thought, hey, this is such a great thing on its own. Yeah, they were they were kind of banking on nerds recognizing the book and all the kind of nostalgia. And it's like, these are all your favorite properties in one movie and that hasn't been enough apparently that they have to use spielberg's name like i've and the reviews that i've seen have been surprisingly positive i don't yeah. know i don't know if that is reflective of the people that are chosen to review the movies i don't know if it's white male reviewers have more nostalgia and feel more in tune with what the movie is presenting than say like a person of color or a, a female critic or whatever yeah. Because like some of the female critics that I've seen have had really good like nuanced kind of like scathing perspectives of it that are still it like, like a, it male fantasy bullshit. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. That's, that's, how, it is. that's how Ernest Klein wrote it. That's how it kind of seems to be executed on screen. I feel like Spielberg is going to add like a touch more like not creepiness to it just because he's Spielberg and he can like spin like a good family movie out of nothing. But it, it, it's just kind of weird to me. And I think almost the argument of let's sell the fact that it's being reviewed well is because they want it to like break down Black Panther for a week. Because they know they have, yeah, like they have a very small window to make money because Infinity War is right around the corner. Exactly. So, and that screwed up their plants because they were thinking oh we'll have another week at the box office well, not anymore then, like because of infinity war other things have shifted that the rock movie that is filmed in chicago and we can totally rampage. yeah rampage now moved up like a month and a half it's now going to premiere like the week before infinity war because 
of Infinity War because they wanted to, they wanted to kind of try and like get a number one at the box office the week before. And yeah, so, like, and it's going to get buried the next week. Exactly, everything is going to get buried. They should have just that. pushed it back later this summer. <laughs> but then, because it, Rampage yeah. is completely not on my radar, because I, I totally forgot that it was a, it was going to be out that week. Yeah, I like I I didn't know what original release date it had. It was just all of a sudden I had seen, oh, it was moved up. Oh, okay, and like people kind of speculating that it was because of Infinity War. But like it. Like there's all we're in such a weird season of that whole thing that there was there were these awful thing pieces about where it's like oh Black Panther is ruining the box office because then all these other movies are failing and it's like no they're failing because they're not good. I saw, uh, I think I might have tweeted it from the Tomato account. There is this Forbes article by Scott Mendelson. Did you see okay. it? Um, I think I might have. So basically, he was saying that March has been a good month for movies in terms of representation. Yeah. But, uh, like, obviously, Black Panther it was huge, but he said, don't ignore the other movies out this past month. Exactly. And don't, don't just hold up Black Panther yeah. and not go see the other movies because, okay, so we've had Wrinkle in Time, yeah. POC led, female cast, the female POC directed it. We also have Tomb Raider, led by female uh, leads. Um, what were the other movies that he mentioned? Uprising. Uh, Pacific. Oh, Pacific Uprising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, it's like, it, it's surreal to me to kind of think about because we do kind of take it for granted because Black Panther yeah. is doing so well and that's yes. kind of become the assumption is that it's going to continue doing well. But like, it would have been a year ago if you would have told me that like diverse or like more diverse than usual movies were at the top of the box office for the past month and a half, I would not have believed you. But like, it's amazing to me that even the movies that come in second are still things to champion in their own right because they're not all white. Exactly. And the other one that he brought was Annihilation. So you have oh, yeah. Annihilation, Tomb Raider, Pacific Rim, and Wrinkle in Time, all these sci-fi genre films led by women and or POCs yeah. in the same month. And that's yeah. fantastic. Which like, okay, I, I saw Tomb Raider. We'll probably talk about it eventually when you see it. It's like not, uh, I wouldn't necessarily completely lump it into the same category as like A Wrinkle in Time and Annihilation and all that sort of stuff because there are some kind of issues with the supporting cast of it all. And like, they kind of, they took out female characters that are initially in the game that the movie yes, they did. was on and then they made them white men. And so like, but it's still a good movie and it's still a female led movie. And I feel like there is kind of, like you said, it's, it's, like a good step in the right direction that even these movies that aren't number one but are close to being number one are still like more diverse movies than yeah normally. I, I, I on tomb raider yeah. i've seen a lot of people say it's like ah oh, it's it's a, a metacore uh video game movie or action movie to them uh how many white action movies have we had that have been metacore but we have not stopped making them <laughs> i think uh female action movies they're allowed to have metacore ones now and then yeah after we've sat through how many boring male ones well, so like, sit down shut up like i was watching um jordan klepper's show on comedy central where he like fake plays an alex jones type character and he was interviewing the lady that directed that 
like John Cena movie where it's like all the kids want to have sex on prom night and oh blockers yeah but so like I I I don't really care about that movie but the interview was really interesting and like she was kind of saying this whole thing about how there's never a like teen coming of age like wanting to lose your virginity comedy from a female's perspective it's always the male and the female's kind of an afterthought and then jordan's fake character was like come on we've we've only had seven american pie movies where's my eighth one (laughs) it's exactly like that it's exactly the same thing with action movies where it's like you let so many generic white male like just solving a puzzle action movies come through but then we make one electra one Catwoman, and suddenly we have to cancel everything (laughs) and and that's the problem it's not that a bad movie was made it was that it was led by a woman yeah there's there's such a goalpost being moved and all that sort of stuff but yeah so it's just kind of it's it's surreal and it's kind of fascinating to me how um like how the box office has worked recently. I'm curious how the summer box office is going to kind of be. I honestly don't know what's coming out this summer because it feels like the <laughs> summer has be been wet. lumped up in this last month. Yeah. And the next month, and then there's going to be nothing. Infinity War, Deadpool, Solo. And that's all in May, though. Ant Man. Yeah, exactly. Like everything is so consistent with like, or back to back to back with those three. It, it was like everyone, like the summer season was getting so crowded that studios, like, ah, you know, we'll we'll start it in March and April. Yeah. And then everyone started following that. Yeah. And now, though, it's super crowded. Exactly. It, it's it's weird and it's kind of fascinating and. Uh, it'll be interesting around July or August because, like, other than Ant Man, I have no fucking clue what comes out for the rest of the summer, and Me I almost don't really care. <laughs> it's just like it doesn't. I don't know. The schedule of what's coming out when is just so condensed. There was there was a long period of time yeah. where I thought Pacific Rim uh-huh. was a summer movie because it, it totally feels like that. It's um, so I'm gonna I'm looking at the list really quickly. Um, so we'll have Avengers, Han Solo, Deadpool, Oceans 8. Oh, yeah. Okay. Incredibles 2, uh-huh. Jurassic World, Ant-Man Wasp, oh. Postal Transylvania, who cares? <laughs> Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. I, uh, will, I will somewhat ironically watch that. I will stay home. <laughs> Mission Impossible. One night, one night we will get drunk and I will show you the first Mamma Mia. Probably once we've gone through our Glee podcast enough and you're like more um, sensitized to musicals. And then I will make you watch Mamma Mia and see what you think of it. <laughs> no, I'm just imagining like it's like a Clockwork Orange situation. Well, no, it is like I, I had to watch it one time. I never saw it in the theater. I never really cared to. But when I was in school one time, when I like did choir in high school, we watched it one day and i enjoyed it it's like ridiculous fun and so yeah but anyway list off the rest of the uh the last one was just mission impossible oh yeah mustache (laughs) and that's pretty much it it's it's an okay summer it's not the best i mean there are definitely some that i want to see but it's it feels like all the good big tentpole ones already happened or coming in the next month yeah. So you're going to see a lot of thing pieces by the end of the summer about how this was a slow, uneventful. <laughs> I but seriously, come back yeah. to this. It's it, there's going to be tons of thing pieces about how this uh, summer was slow at the the box office. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be interesting to see. And speaking of release dates and uh, 
Fox, 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 Fox. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just imagining that reaction gift where it's like, oh no, baby, what is you doing? Like, that's how I feel at Fox right now. So if you don't know what we're talking about, Dark Phoenix and New Mutants both have different release dates. This is the second release date change for New Mutants. I was complaining the other day because when I went to go see Tomb Raider, the theater I was at did not get the memo and had a poster for New Mutants up still with the release date that said it was in April. And I'm like, how many people are going to be confused to find out that in February? And then I said that, and then two days later it got moved to August. And I was just like, Fox hates me. Like they personally hate me. Yeah. And as it was pointed out to me, that first initial teaser, mm-hmm. it'll be two years old by the time the movie officially comes out if it's, they hold this release date. And like I was telling you, we will not ever see what the original movie was supposed to look like because they released the boom cut. They're well, because like at least with Justice League, it became kind of this. Um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it, like a Frankenstein's monster of stuff that was very clearly Snyder's and stuff that wasn't and whatever. And like, obviously New Mutants is still under the same director, but I I will be shocked to find like, I mean, we'll, we'll never really find out what was in that original cut and what was added in, yeah. with like the new characters that they're bringing in and all of that sort of stuff. It's just like, I it either is going to go really well or really horribly considering how much of an overhaul they're doing on this. See, I, I had initially thought it was to tone down the horror aspect but then no. you said, and then the, the internet was always like, no, it's to add more horror and yeah. more characters. They did a test screening and they were like, oh, it's kind of scary, but not really scary. And they kind of, they want it to kind of push the envelope like Deadpool and like Logan and stuff in terms of kind of like leaning into the horror of it mm-hmm. all instead of just kind of playing it safe. But I'm still like, you don't need to reshoot half your fucking movie. Yeah. Add in new characters who are apparently in most of the scenes and all of that stuff. like It's, it's insane. It makes me kind of sad, because it's like, I just wanted this little movie. I just wanted to see this movie for what it was. I don't. I didn't need it to be where I'm like, like I'm like a, a rabbit chasing a carrot on a stick, and they're never going to give me the carrot <laughs> until of like 16 months from now, which is fucking insane to me. Now that I just said that out loud, I'm like, good Lord, that's really far away. But like, <laughs> and then Dark Phoenix, no one gives a shit. I'm sorry. I feel so bad and sorry for Jessica Chastain. Uh huh. She's following in the footsteps of Oscar Isaac. Of uh-huh. you're a really good actor. Why are you wasting your time with these movies? Mm. You could do so much better. But see, Oscar Isaac is at least in a better position of he can, like, he was so unrecognizable in Apocalypse that he can play something else in another space and no one will know. I'm sure yeah. he put people aside on the street and said, hey, did you know X-Men Apocalypse in, is an Oscar Isaac movie? They would be like, what the fuck? No. Because, <laughs> like, you only see him as himself for, like, two yeah. seconds. The movie is largely forgettable anyways. Yeah. And like, I already know Dark Phoenix is going to be forgettable. And part of that is the Disney Fox deal of it all. Like knowing that it's not really canonically going to stick at all. Yeah. Kind of part of that's the other thing too. But by the time it comes out, the deal could be finalized. Yeah. And we're not going to care because by then Marvel could be like, here is our cast of mutants. Yeah. And I just, I don't care. It's Phoenix again. I don't care. 
this cast doesn't the cast excite doesn't me. Care. The cast doesn't care. Jennifer Lawrence doesn't care. Like they're phoning it in. Yeah, and the reason why they're doing the reason why they got pushed back was because no one cared to like prioritize the reshoots. They yeah. were like, no, we're too busy and we can't get together until August. And so then they're like, oh fuck, we need to move this so we can do post-production <laughs> and stuff. It's just like, no one cares. Like some of them do, but I don't, I personally do not care about 90% of that cast. <laughs> Me neither. I, and then the, just retreading that story again. Yeah. Um, it's still that story again and making it not a space story because oh god forbid we make it in space and then injecting in the Eric versus Charles bullshit that we've already had for eight movies and twenty years so we've had that just diminishing returns every single time when we see them battle each it's, other. It, it's just funny to me that Fox doesn't learn the right lessons no. with Deadpool and Logan fully embracing what they are. You would think like, you know what? We have the X-Men. Let's give them a big space epic with the Phoenix Force. Uh, no, they're not. They're okay. going half in, not even half in. And it, it's just, I, 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 I don't care. Well, part of that is that so many of the core X-Men movies just play it so safe. And part of that is the creative team that they choose to pick behind it. Yeah, it still has the stench of Brian Singer on it. So. Well, yeah, it does. And they're just like, it's kind of like, well, his movies worked, like his initial X-Men movies worked for what they were at the time. That so was, they have to still work now is kind of their mindset, even though they've, I, I don't, it's like they're still stuck in 2002 and they're not aware of the fact that the superhero movie landscape has completely shifted. Yeah, now. they're still in the pre-MCU world. Exactly which is so frustrating and dumb to me because these can, movies could be so much better if they, they had a, a little lead <laughs> exactly on the MCU. They had the foundations to build a great cinematic universe and they continually dropped the ball. You're so right though. Like it took 10 years between the first X-Men movie and Avengers. And they had everything going from there. The X-Men universe is just as large or can be as the MCU is. They have a lot of characters at their disposal, but no, we need to see Mystique again and again and again and again and again. And Cyclops. Again. Like <laughs> the last time, I, uh, the last time I was outside of Deadpool and other movies, like I really wish we got that Magneto origin movie mm. that was supposed to happen. Like, the uh, most I have given a shit about the main X-Men movies was the five minutes in Apocalypse where Eric is, like, hiding out and with the family and shit, and then they get killed, and he's really sad, and then it kind of pinpoints into the rest of the movie. That was the most I've given a fuck about but, these movies. But even then, that whole thing is like, oh, oh, look, a family. They're dead. They hawkeyed As soon him. as they, yeah. <laughs> they hawkeyed him, basically. Which I'm sure, even just me mentioning Hawkeye, our listeners are just like, oh God, Hawkeye. <laughs> I don't, no one gives a fuck about Hawkeye. I'm sorry. People are pretending like they care now. No one cared. That's no. why he's being left out, is because no one cares about him. I just, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. We get a month. We'll see. He's, he's just going to be Ronin, people. It's obvious. Yeah. Just calm yeah. down. <sighs> but. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else there is. Maybe. Other things I don't care about from the last month is uh, Isle of Dogs. <laughs> You're like, I have to personally call out Wes Anderson. 
Okay, so we had a whole discussion about this, like off off mic a couple of days ago. I who's Mike? Sure, sure, babe. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with Wes Anderson. I wholeheartedly know that he is pretentious as fuck, and his movies are weird and like a little bit trying too hard. But there are certain ones where it's executed in a way that I find really charming. And the only two examples of that are really um, the Grand Budapest Hotel because the aesthetic is so overblown and like kind of I'm trying to think of how to explain it it feels like an animated movie just in live action like there's so many different uh, like aesthetic things going on and then Fantastic Mr. Fox which is obviously the animated space so that's why with this movie I'm like I it has the elements of Wes Anderson that make me give a shit the way that like Moonrise Kingdom and Royal Tenenbaums and stuff never did so but you're just so obviously like no no i'm not having any of it wes <laughs> but i'm dogs. sorry but i dogs. i might go see apocalypse again no <laughs> dogs <laughs> i don't know but like of us have seen it so i i just can't be bothered to, to go see it i it has all the the trapping of like a typical wes anderson movie like the cast, the aesthetic. I is there any is he appropriating culture or not in this movie? Well, okay. I don't know. So I was kind of telling you he like, from my understanding, he actually like put people of color, like he put Asian people in the crew and like consulted a bunch of Asian people and stuff to try to get the culture of it all right because it's like it's at a very specific point in Asian culture, and so uh -huh. he didn't want to just like white white it up basically so i give him kind of credit for that whereas he didn't necessarily do that in some of his other appropriating movies but i don't know you're just uh, like you're just like you have to personally call out wes anderson in this episode i'm sure he's a nice guy i just can't stomach his movies <laughs> someday we like someday on this podcast we will do a thing kind of like when um scott ackerman and harris whittles did the like analyze fish thing <laughs> i will make you like a wes anderson movie at some point i will see i've away. i've already seen royal tenenbaums not did that not care for it not that. uh rushmore was yeah. that it yeah i as i told you also off mic previously i had to watch that in high school for <laughs> this english class uh the teacher, huge Wes Anderson fan. She's like the mustache loving tea drinking kind. So you can already kind of get a vision of what she's like. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I wish we could have just read instead, instead of watching that movie. <laughs> that was like the genesis of me not liking Wes Anderson movies. I get that, but yeah i'm like and, I, and I part of it was like other like students in the class were like oh it's so deep it's like you're in high school oh, you yeah. don't get shit shut up i hate that when it's like fake deep yeah like, that's oh, part of it too yeah I, I can understand that but still i'm like i will i will find a way to get you to like a wes anderson movie in some way i don't know how but i will try to find a way I, that is a herculean feat <laughs> I, I will try. It's a challenge I am willing to accept. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, looking over his filmography right now. And 
yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, meanwhile, while you're doing that, I'm trying to find like other movie news and stuff because I don't want to like. Um, oh, uh, we could talk about Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel. I I really like how they're bringing back Guardians characters. Yeah, well, I mean, like we kind of expected with the like Kree Skull War stuff. Like, yeah, going to come back in some way, but like the fact that they confirmed it from the get go with the casting stuff instead of just kind of like set spies waiting for like yeah. to be on set or something. And like, what the fuck is Coulson doing? I don't know. <laughs> that could just be a tagline for agents of shield. Like for the I, entire tenure of agents of shield could be like, what the fuck is Coulson doing? I'm glad they remember he exists and that he's going to be in this, but it's also weird that he's not in infinity war, at least that we know in some way. Well, because he and the I don't I don't even fucking know what's going on in Shield anymore. I don't I'm behind on it, and I don't really have like I'm not rushing to catch up, and so I can't tell if they're still in space in the future or not. I I'm like ten episodes behind, so I don't know. <laughs> but like I don't think they are because yeah. they just had like their big hundredth episode recently. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, and like. It, it almost makes me wonder if Shield's gonna get canceled. <laughs> I think this will be the last season. Yeah, it, it kind of seemed like it, but then like having, um, having Coulson be in Captain Marvel kind of like hammers that home a little bit. Yeah. 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 I'm trying, yeah. To, yeah, I'm trying to think of like what else there is that we can talk about because we kind of talked really about like two things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other movie. Uh, Pedro Pascal's joining yes. Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, glad to have more voice, POCs in the cast. Voice your fan cast now so that it can be on record whether or not it's actually true. Well, admitted, admittedly, I saw other people guessing it before me. Uh, well, mine, I don't think I saw it, but it was Hawkman. Mm -hmm. And I saw people guessing, and I kind of guessed uh, Vandal Savage. But my thing, I don't want it to be Vandal Savage. No one gives a fuck about Vandal Savage. <laughs> uh, as much as I love Legends, as much as it is the best television show that is currently on right now, I do not give a fuck about Vandal Savage anymore. And so I do not want them to retread that in the movies ever again, because I know that it will become kind of a running joke. Like, people who gave yeah. up on Legends in season one will then, like, use it as an excuse to shit on Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, just give me Hawkman or just have him just be any other character. I have no idea. Yeah, most likely he's just going to be some kind of original character or something. I don't know for sure, but I'm just glad that we're, there's casting for yeah. Wonder Woman 2, meaning that there's a script out there. There is pre-production work being done. We're living in a world where there is a Wonder Woman 2 in pre-production, and that's great. I know. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, like production starts this summer, so yeah. But it still is kind of surreal to get the news coming out and all of that stuff. It is. It it's pretty damn great. Yeah. Also, WB release the photo of Shazam. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> like it, it's it's interesting to me. It's kind of funny to me how we're sort of in a drought because like we could, we still haven't gotten the official photo even though the set spy photos have been out for a month now. Like, it is abundantly yeah. obvious. I think and at this point, we're just going to have to wait for San Diego. I, but that's too, oh, that's too I know. 
I know, but I feel like DC is just going to wait because they know they're going to need everything they can to go up against uh, Marvel's panel. But see, my thinking, my hope at least, is that the stuff in San Diego ends up becoming like more casting news and like more of a concrete slate and stuff. Like I think, I think for WB for San Diego, it'll be here's the first Aquaman trailer. Here's yeah, your first okay. look at Shazam. Here's some Suicide Squad two and some Wonder Woman news, and that'll be it. Here's my thing. I think. Because, like, another thing I was going to kind of talk about before we wrap up is the fact I respect that James Wan does not want to give us a trailer. Like, as frustrated as it makes me, his reasoning behind it is really sound. And, like, especially knowing how much people kind of pick apart the special effects of stuff. Like, there's those comparisons of, like, here's what Spider-Man Homecoming looked like from the first trailer to the end result. Or even putting out something with no CGI and... Yeah, exactly. And not having anything to have fans attached to or get excited about. Like, Which, like, they can't, they almost can't do that with Aquaman because, like, you you could just, you could theoretically cut a teaser that's just the stuff on land, but people would be, it would be the Venom trailer. Like, people would be yeah. insanely disappointed. So I know, I'm glad that he is, like, I'm going to wait and get the effects as as much as they're going to look in the movie as possible. And then will release the trailer. Like, I find that really admirable. I know that people are kind of giving him shit for it, but I really think that that's a good thing. And I think part of it is too, he realizes there's so much going on in the the next month that it'll just get lost in the noise. And like we said before, this summer is pretty dull. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a lot uh, going on, so it'll have plenty of time. It's not coming out till November, December? December. December, yeah. Before Christmas. Um, so it's going to have the whole month to itself, basically. Kind of, yeah. My mindset uh, with it is like, I can see us getting a first trailer in the next month. I feel like it would be a decent thing to kind of put before Infinity War Deadpool solo. Like, I can see that being one of the trailers. Yeah. I could see a little teaser, like a minute exactly. teaser. And then by the time San Diego comes, we'll get a full or trailer. Like a second trailer. Or yeah. And then, yeah, we'll have to have some sort of footage of Shazam by then. That's why I'm thinking we'll have to get the photo at some point between now and San Diego, like the photo of the costume, because they'll have already have been shooting for like six months by the time yeah. San Diego rolls around. They'll have enough to have a teaser. Like, oh, definitely. For the audiences. And so that's why it's kind of, I'm like, all right, we have <laughs> like four months now just to wait <laughs> and hope to God that something like we get some other content in this weird drought of a year that we're well, also we need we'll keep an eye out for that dark phoenix trailer <laughs> uh, just put it on the disney streaming service just like <laughs> just write it off just yeah just dump it on the streaming service <laughs> it would motivate people to pay for it like the the five percent of people who honestly are really giving a shit about dark phoenix would pay the twenty dollars or whatever like I feel sorry for X Men fans, but it's also, I, it, Jonathan Hickman, <laughs> uh, Marvel. He loves trolling them, which is great. I, I, someone needs to troll the X Men fans, but I also feel sorry for them sometimes. I know. I love I love Hickman on Twitter. I love when he's like, I I got shit for writing Avengers that wasn't like the Avengers movie, and now the Avengers movies are trying to be <laughs> my writing. Like, I love that he's just has this self-awareness to it all. 
I, I kind of, I, I appreciate it, but me yeah. too. So there's, that's kind of the main things in terms of news and stuff. There's obviously more we could talk about, but those are kind of the main bullet points with a little yeah. Wes Anderson roasting thrown in. <laughs> um, where can people find you? on social media to hear you they can shit find me <laughs> they can find me at the chris Vitto on the twitters where can they find you at hey it's gentlemen you can find our show at tomato tomato pod you can find us on twitter on facebook even though fuck facebook right now yeah so um, just focus on the twitter twitter email at, uh, it's tomato tomato pod at gmail yeah uh, subscribe on itunes leave a review please Seriously, make us certified fresh. <laughs> we, we, <will laughs> we can't be certified without you. We will make our own trophy. <laughs> we will. Yeah, honest to God, we would do it. So it'll probably be at a cardboard, but it's the thought that counts. Exactly. But yeah, so that is it for this episode. Next week, we will be back with our phase two MCU discussion. Yeah. So that should be fun. My favorite phase of the MCU. It is a good phase. Yes, because it has my favorite movie in it. Mm -hmm. so that will be fun. But yeah, until next time, keep watching movies. Bye.